Hello and welcome to our podcast mini-series 2020 Vision, where we won't be checking your eyesight, but we'll be looking into how companies can thrive and defend themselves this year and beyond. Kicking things off, your host will be me, Lewis, and collectively we are Snapdragon Monitoring, a brand protection agency which specialises in helping brands fight fakes online. This episode, we'll be talking about what Snapdragon does and how we can help, where I'm fortunate enough to be joined by our CEO and founder, Rachel Jones, whose journey has brought us all here today. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you for inviting me in. It is a lovely day, which always lightens my heart, particularly as I came in on my bike. Okay, I'm glad to hear it. And especially just that we had the weather for it this time. So um, you've obviously heard my little introduction for our listeners. But would you mind telling them your story as a business owner and how you came to start up Snapdragon? Of course, of course. Well, it all started some time ago when the product that I invented for my now 18-year-old daughter was counterfeited. The product, the top seat, a washable, squashable high chair for babies who lunch, I created at the kitchen table. And somehow and somewhat astonishingly, it became a worldwide success fairly quickly. Winning loads of prizes for its safe design, uh, we were exporting from our UK manufacturing base all over the world. But when we secured extensive distribution rights in Japan and the US, we decided to move manufacturing to China because it was nearer by sea to the markets in question. So we worked really hard to find the right factory with whom we worked directly and continue to work actually more than 10 years later. But not long after this, the lovely product was copied and it wasn't just a copy it was so so close to the original in its packaging at least that even the board of top seat couldn't tell the difference between the genuine and the and the original product and as you know for working with me for several years hell hath no fury like the sme owner whose product has been faked so off i went to learn how to fight back and that's really how and why Snapdragon was born, through the experience that I garnered fighting back for my own business to keep my little customers safe and the business safe. Because actually, when all this happened, it went into really a bit of a meltdown. And it was really that that led to led to Snapdragon. Yeah, well, gosh, I mean, it, it's always quite something to hear it, and especially in such a, a short space, doesn't capture the, the, the full journey and I suppose the full horror in a way. In, on that note, I mean, what was it like really when you first realised that Top Seat was being faked? Well, I think you chose the word beautifully, horror. It was absolutely horrible. The fury, the emotional, physical and financial turmoil is something that I hope you will never really know. And in fact, people who've had this happen to them will know absolutely. But it is so ghastly and you will only know when it's happened to you. So it's something to be aware of. And the more that one can do in advance to prevent it happening, the better. So in terms of that, then, obviously, it's something that it must be terrible for any business owner in, in any walk of life, no matter how big or small. But in terms of what people should look out for, is there anything particular that you recommend? And it's like for regardless of your industry that you should be having a, a look out for. Um, I think for anybody with a product, whether mm-hmm. you own the product, have invented the product or work for the product, my pet mantra is never just dream in English. And that I, I say that because the world is not English and particularly from a point of view of fakes and counterfeits, they come mostly from markets where English is not the native language. So you should always be aware of looking and Googling, using Google Translate for your product and your product description in many, many languages. 
And I think you need to think creatively about how you would describe your product without using the brand name. So if I was saying to you, look for a green apple, then I need to think about how I would look for a green apple without using the word green or apple. And then translate those terms using Google Translate into you know Turkish and Chinese or whatever it is. And just look and be aware and be vigilant and do it often. So much as one sometimes just has it wants to have a look and see where your product has been sold by the people who are you know properly supposed to be selling it and how, what they're selling it for and what they're all up to, you do need to think that potentially there are copies out there and you need to be aware of what might be a parallel supply chain. No, well, that's that's really interesting. I suppose just having the lateral thinking of not necessarily going for your key buzzwords and what you would as a company maybe use when you're describing and thinking, oh, hang on a minute, especially with certain kind of brands mentioning, you say, green apple, the brand Apple, for example, themselves. Like, is that how it might be translated in another language or are they going to use another word for Mm -hmm. it? Those sorts of considerations are really, really interesting. So. In, in terms of, you've obviously mentioned how you search and how you look for a product online. Um, if you encounter a fake, is there anything that you suggest? Like, would you just immediately report it? Is there something that you would suggest? I think if it's the first fake you've ever found of your product, it's a good idea to buy one. Right. Because better the devil you know than the devil you don't. And then at least you can keep one step ahead of the counterfeiters and you can keep your trusted supply and distribution chain on side. So the point of comparing the genuine and the fake would be so that when you next do your next supply run, you can change your manufacturing spec so that you can add in a couple of things that make it slightly different from the fake or whatever, just so that you can ask people in a couple of questions whether they're holding a genuine or a fake. So I think it's always, always sensible to buy one to have it. Obviously, then the next thing to do would be to get rid of the link. So if you found it online, then the thing to do is to report it and you use your intellectual property to do so. Now, if you don't have any intellectual property, then there's a bit of a problem. But the marketplaces that are selling these fake products and the sellers themselves can be removed by using intellectual property, trademarks, copyright, patents and sign rights to have those links removed to stop the product being sold. So we'll talk about that more, I know, because I know you've got more questions on that. But absolutely, if you find one, buy one and then let's get rid of them. Perfect. Well, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a really good, quick and easy way for someone to think about it if they see one. Always good to have one in your back pocket, as it were, and then move forward from there. So obviously, this is a situation where you are assuming that you have fakes. But are there perhaps ways to prevent being faked in the first place or maybe things people should consider at the outset that might help? I would love to say there are ways to prevent you being faked at all. But I'm afraid the minute you're online with your product, then the world is your oyster just as much as you are its oyster. I think what you need to do is to you need to be vigilant in advance of going online. And I think this is difficult for people who come up with new product ideas that they're crowdfunding. But really, you want to be registering your intellectual property. That is your trademarks, design rights as much as possible in advance before you go public. This is really important. Patents are a slightly different situation. And again, they need to be filed before anything is is publicised at all they can be expensive they can absolutely be worth a mint when it comes to licensing and investment but they're complex patents and from the point of view of online brand protection the things that will be the most valuable to you are trademarks copyright which is an unregistered right and design rights so I think it's always worth looking at registering trademarks in the territory where you come from and or the territory where where your business is based is what I mean but also if you are going to manufacture somewhere else or trade somewhere else, trade into other territories, then register the trademarks there as well. I think that's really important. So IP and being vigilant are absolutely key before you start. People will say to you, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And actually, when you are faked and somebody says that, you probably just want to hit them. At least I did. <laughs> 
because it does affect everything, your business, your revenues, and could hurt your customers. You just need to think about fake brake pads, fake pharmaceuticals, and fake cosmetics, and you can be scarred for life. So fakes are not funny. So it's, it's about keeping your eyes open, being sensible, registering what you can, um, and if you find some online, then just getting them removed. Mm, no, of, of course. And and that's a, a really interesting point that you raised, just beyond your intellectual property and beyond perhaps looking for the fakes and just having a general sense of being aware. And I guess from also what you were saying with the safety aspect is that not just as a business owner, because I mean, you open yourself, as we know, to all sorts of problems, should a fake cause, you know, an injury or in some way harm an individual and the reputational damage that can ensue mm-hmm. all of these things, but as well as consumer, I guess, in terms of if you are a consumer, obviously we're all consumers, you know, each and every one of us. So would you also, in terms of when you're t- talking about fakes, um, consider that as a as an important thing for us looking online? Oh, I think that I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think often the big money behind counterfeiting is funding illicit trade. And by that, I mean drugs, rings, prostitution, people trafficking at a minimum. But if the consumer doesn't know this and it just thinks that something looks a bit cheaper and a good deal, then how would they know that all of these things are happening? So we and collectively the world needs to raise awareness of the damage that fakes can do, not just being fake products and poor quality and all the rest of it, but what they are funding in terms of illicit trade. But also brands need to be as honest as they feel they can be about always buying genuine product. And I think when you're buying from a marketplace, the key thing as a consumer to watch out for is where the product is coming from. Ideally, always buy from the brand's own website. But if you are buying from a marketplace and it says the product can be there in two days and it's coming from the same territory that you're in and from a business that you've heard of, then fine and dandy. But if it may be going to take three and a half weeks or longer and it's coming from China, it's definitely, definitely worth thinking. I don't think this is a genuine product because much as people will say you're buying it straight from the factory, no brands sell directly from their factories. They just don't do that. So I think if you see on a marketplace that a deal is too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true and I would not be buying it. Well, no, that's definitely something for people to think about because often you do hear these sort of scare stories and people, you know, complaining with reviews of, oh, it took several months for this thing to get here. And and rather, sometimes it's easy to sympathise with the consumer and think, oh, that must be awful. And you don't necessarily think about the flip side of that and think, why is it taking so long Mm -hmm. to even get there? Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess not every situation is necessarily a fake but in many cases if the price looks too good to be true as you say and it's completely taking it worse taking a long time or whatever these are just things that people should consider so no really interesting obviously you touched on the fact that there are lots of factories and maybe people producing internationally and all of that and the sort of I suppose in a very globalized world that's to be expected of course but it might sound for someone like that something that is really only for big corporations and perhaps in that way therefore they're the only ones that may be the victims. I mean, would you say brand protection is something that only big companies should worry about? Definitely not. You know, I was a victim of counterfeits as a micro business. So I'm afraid if you've got a good product, no matter how big the business is and you're online, you are likely to be copied. I think people who are manufacturing in the UK at the moment are less likely to be copied. Mm -hmm. But the minute you do have product offshore, you are more likely to be copied. And where you are creating a product that may need assembly, then it's a good idea to try, if you can, to keep some parts of that assembly in your home market and bring product in because that will prevent the proliferation, particularly of the kind of the finished good. So that's kind of, you know, proactive bit of if you have a product that's being assembled. 
But I'm afraid businesses of every size are being copied and particularly people who are crowdfunding often find that the fake arrives before the original product because you know they're raising money to take really good care in how they're going to make that product and it just takes much longer than somebody who rips them off. Uh, of course, no, and much easier to undercut someone and not worry about all the things that uh, a legitimate business would be considering. Well, products have a price for a reason. So a product has a price because somebody has created the product. They've then registered the intellectual property. They've then probably looked at the safety, put it through masses of safety tests. They may have had to do many iterations of the development of the product. They've then had to think about the marketing and the packaging and the sourcing and the logistics and the customs duty and the VAT. And actually, all that the counterfeiter does is it comes along and sees it and just rips it off. So they're not taking into account anything about the price that makes up the original product. So products are priced for a reason because they take into account all the things that were required to get that product to market and the fake just comes along and says, copy it. So that's why they're a bargain by comparison, quote unquote bargain. I don't think they're a bargain, obviously. Yeah, no, of course. (laughs) But no, it's it's a very interesting point and something that I guess, again, going back to, you know, consumers to be aware because obviously the brand and business owners will know that themselves. But just thinking about the, the human costs that can be associated with the funds and also the fact that if you're not worried about health, safety, all these things and the various hoops that businesses may, may complain about but we all have to jump through mm-hmm. and, and what that actually means. So I, I suppose in terms of that being said with companies, obviously there there is a lot of investment, there's a lot of money that goes into these things and that can create a problem. In terms of money, would you suggest that If there's an issue, like what would you suggest prioritising from a brand protection perspective? I think when money is tight, the key things you need to do are register your trademarks because they'll be the most valuable things. Mm -hmm. And and literally, you can register a trademark from as little as £200 in the UK. I think you need to go online and look yourself to find fakes. And if you find them, you need to take them offline. You need to use your intellectual property to remove the links. So if you don't have a trademark, you can use copyright to do that if somebody is misusing your image or your words. But if you've got no IP and they're not using your image or your words and they're describing your product in a different way, it's really, really difficult. So it's a good idea to have something hmm. and a trademark would be the most sensible thing to do. And it's definitely the cheapest and it's very quick. Well, no, that's that's a really good point for people to, to sort of take away with them because it can often feel highly expensive and involving lots of lawyers and all these yeah. things perfect well i guess to sort of round this off i almost hate to be the one to bring it up with the clear elephant in the room but given what's been happening in the world with covid and everything that has had an impact on you know from businesses to people to countries many brands have obviously been financially hit so it can feel easy to to make cuts and think well what do i not need i mean in this environment how important do you think brand protection is now I'm afraid I think brand protection is even more important now than it was before because of all the supply chains that have not even had a hiccup through COVID, it is the supply chains of the fake products. So the fake products have managed to get through where the genuine product has been affected by manufacturing, logistics and all the rest of it, Um, shops being closed and everything. And as more people have gone online, that creates more opportunities to buy, but also more opportunities to sell. So it is more important than ever. And part of the reason for a Snapdragon in democratising online brand protection, making it effective and available to all, is absolutely so that businesses of any size can use our software to find and remove fakes. And I think it's really important that people do that. But there's a lot people can do themselves without paying a single penny, not our software is expensive in the slightest, but people can do a lot. But you do need a little bit of IP to give you a best chance. 
that's really, well, probably says it all, I suppose. I mean, it's the world that we live in. We do need these things. And so anyone listening, do just consider your brand, your intellectual property and what you can do. Because as you say, any person who's infringing is not bothered about the safety implications, not bothered about this. They're clearly not going to be bothered about things like social distancing and all that stuff that, that has been, you know, keeping us safe, but has been has been slowing the, the economy down. So that's that's a really interesting point, I suppose, to, to leave with. So on that note, <laughs> thank you so much for your time, Rachel. It's, it's always a pleasure, and especially hearing about the story, and I know I've heard it before, but it really does make you think. And I hope that for everyone listening, that whatever your takeaway, that it does the same for you, big or small, we can make a difference, we can fight back, and let's not give in to the inevitability of fakes. Let's do something about it. And yeah, that's about it, really. I mean, if anyone has any questions, if you want to know more, please don't hesitate to get in touch. We're always here. Please join us for our next podcast. Until then, thanks for listening and have a lovely day. Thank you.